This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Well, welcome to another exciting episode that we are covering in this series of personal growth and networking. Uh, we've covered uh, a range of episodes this year, specifically on this topic as well, when we have focused more towards uh, what's needed for you to grow yourself personally and professionally uh, and what are the benefits of networking with people. So just continuing on that, we've got a special guest um, this morning in Sydney. It's his afternoon um, as he's running almost a day behind us. Um, so his name is Hampton. He's the founder of Wake Up and Lead. He's also, that's his own podcast, and uh, he's also in sales. Uh, so he wears multiple hats, uh, which we would love to know more about as in how we go forward in this episode. But the topic we are talking about today is learning to lead yourself, which is, uh, which is important for everyone. Um, you know, if you don't know how to lead yourself, then you can't lead others, uh, which is a very famous statement. So if you don't know what you are doing and you don't have control over your own emotions and your actions and behavior, you can't control that of others as well. So let's come straight to the topic. Um, but before we come to the topic, I want to know a bit more about you, Hampton. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners um, and tell us a bit more about what you do in sales and podcasts and other stuff? Sure. I'm, I am honored to be here. And y'all are in the future. It's it's weird. My, my Australian friends, I mean, y'all are... Y'all are in tomorrow right now. So, you know, I think that's, that's pretty crazy. I'm anyways, uh, the world, the world is cool. Right. But, um, I graduated college or do y'all call we it university? Is, we thought America is a superpower and they're running ahead, but you said Australia is running ahead. So <laughs> glad to hear that. I made the right call four years ago of coming to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Wait, do you call college university over there? We call it yes, university. So we, okay. we have high school and then you go to university. Okay. Um, well, some people say university here. I I usually call it college, but I finished yep. up university, if you will, in 2020. Um, great time to look for a job when the world shuts down. Not really. Um, but I was fortunate enough to land at the current company I work at, WildSpark. I was interning there at the time and I just loved it. And WildSpark does leadership development for other companies. And so we have all these different companies around around America and really around the world calling us saying, hey, we have we have managers who have been promoted because they are very good at sales or they've been with us for a really long time. Um, and, and as we've grown or as people have left, we need to put people into management seats in order to lead the rest of the team. And so what do we do? We find the most competent person and ask them to lead the team. And in, in some instances, maybe that makes sense. You find the best person. You say, OK, you go lead. Um, I don't know if y'all are like American football fans, uh, but but here in America, that would be like finding the quarterback who's a really good player, uh, a good leader, maybe on the field and and saying, hey, we now need you to be the head coach. And that's a totally different job. Like some people can do it, but but they don't necessarily transfer. Um, and so I, I was learning how to sell WildSpark. I was 22 years old and learning how to talk to HR leaders and executives and saying, hey, you know, 
you, you agree that this is a problem. WildSpark is a good solution for you. And as I just kept hearing this problem over and over again uh, that we face, not only in America in, or but in the world of, of really bad leadership, I started thinking about myself and I said, well, right now I'm, I'm an individual contributor. I'm, I'm learning how to sell, but I have aspirations to lead teams one day. I don't know, maybe start a business. I, I don't know, but you can't do that successfully if you don't know how to lead people well. Sorry about that. I, I asked you a question about uh, something that I learned in school when I was, uh, when I was young, like probably eight, nine years old. It was called the order of operations in math class. Do y'all remember that? The order of operations? Um, uh, yeah. Yes, I okay. did get around that. Uh, now, in, in America, at least, we have this acronym to help remember it, where it's like, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. I think that's what it is. Um, anyways, this isn't about math. I'm going to tell you about the order of operations of leadership. It should be um, lead me first, develop my team, deliver business results. And I think so often people get into a role, a leadership role, and they go, okay, what results do I need to deliver and, and the people are put on, on the back burner and certainly developing themselves is as well. And so I've started this journey myself, especially while I'm in this sweet spot of not formally leading a team of saying, how can I learn to lead myself in the best way possible over these next couple of years so that when I lead a team one day, people will look at me and say, yeah, that guy's worth following. Now, instead of saying, oh yeah, he's my boss. I guess I have to follow him. Uh, and so that, that's what I'm learning right now. I have a podcast. I interview people, talk about leadership, ask them questions. Uh, so I'm not the guy that knows how to perfectly lead himself. I'm the guy that's trying to learn how to do that. And I'm doing it in public. So um, appreciate you having me. We'll, we'll see if I've got anything to share today. Awesome. Um, have you personally learned something out of the podcast after interviewing so many people? Because personally, George and I have interviewed uh, more than 130 people on this podcast till now. Um, and recently, we've also crossed 100 episodes um, uh, on, uh, on this podcast. And we have learned a lot out of every speaker. Uh, there is always something to pick up from everyone's brain. And I was just telling casually to one of my friends the other day, I said, I think I've learned more from this podcast than I learned from any university degree. So wow. do you think that you have also learned more from running your own podcast than a university degree? You know, I, now where I went to university, Sanford University, I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. I met my wife there. I met some of my best friends there. And so there's there's certain things that I experienced there that you can't put a price tag on. But when it comes to things that I've learned just about life and leadership and everything, absolutely. I mean, from from this podcast, it's it's led to so many different things that I've that I've learned. I would say um, a lot of successful people that I've talked to they've just been okay with embracing failure and embracing discomfort. And it's a topic that everybody, you know, talks about a lot, uh, but I'm sure y'all have heard that too. Everyone that's quote made it at one point probably felt like an idiot and, and they, and it's man, it's, it's really impacted me to think about this. Um, this quote from, I'm trying to think who it was Winston Churchill. That's what it was. He said in my twenties, I was so worried about what other people thought about me. In my 40s, I, I finally quit worrying what other people thought and, and and found my lane and did my thing. And then into my 60s, I later learned that no one was ever thinking about me in the first place. Um, <laughs> and and that's actually been pretty freeing to say that a lot of times we're afraid to step out of our comfort zone and try that thing because of what other people might think when in reality is 
nobody cares. Go do your thing, you know, be, be, be open to failure. You don't grow in the discomfort zone. Like nothing greater worth happen, worth having comes on the back end of easy. And I think that's been a theme in everybody that I've talked to on my podcast. Just want to bring in George into the discussion as well, uh, because George does a lot of mentorship uh, Hampton, with uh, businesses uh, and he coaches a lot of business people across different domains, which include sales, marketing and other stuff. And he also mentors students uh, in universities in Australia. So he's a very popular student mentor uh, in one of the highest ranked universities in Australia. So off, off to you, George, what do you think on the topic today? And you have any questions for Hampton? Well, I'd, um, I'd like to actually share a couple of things with Hampton. Um, Please. Just earlier this week, um, LinkedIn, who loves sending you things saying, oh, you're an expert. Please comment on this. Um, uh, I, I was uh, invited to comment on failure. And the piece that I wrote was if, you're, if people who haven't failed have never gone anywhere near their true potential. Mm. Because if you don't if you don't fail, it means you're not trying. And if you're not trying, you're not doing anything new. And the other part that I wrote in that um, uh, piece was that WD40 is a triumphant um, celebration of failure. Mm. Because WD40 is water displacement formula 40. The first 39 formulas failed. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, I often I use that in my leadership and my coaching and my mentorship talks. And I say to people, when you think you uh, am I going to give up? Just ask yourself, am I at 38, 39? And maybe the next one's going to be 40. Wow. So, so um, and I also somebody asked me a question about um, respect and, and leading people only last week. And I put up. I took one of the same. I have a book which is called Funny Saying Serious Business. And I put up, I shared with that group, don't ever try and demand respect for your position if you can't command respect for what you do. And I think leadership is about commanding respect for you, not demanding it, and then they follow. Mm. So... Um, if you try to browbeat somebody, you try to stand over the top of them, you're just a thug. And people see <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. People see that. So um, it's interesting you, you, you've touched on two topics that I've, I've happened to um, write pieces on in the last week. So. Wow. That, that's really cool. Uh, the WD-40 thing. I will be using that. That's good. I had, I had, I had no idea right there. And it's one of the most successful, largest single product companies in the world. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was Now it's a little bit different because they've, they've brought out 10 variations of the same damn thing, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, WD-40 for many, many, many years, what was WD-40? WD-40, that's it. They didn't, they didn't do bells, whistles, spanners or anything else. They just did WD-40. Wow. Man, that's really cool. And then also, why? I mean, why would you demand respect from other people? I like the idea of commanding it more. And oh, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of poor leaders and and insecure people that go into management 
Um, that's what they do. You must respect me because I'm your boss. That don't make sense to me. I've, I've mm -hmm. never, ever in my life respected a position. I respect people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the problem that we have because I think most people do operate out of insecurity and they also just don't have very many good models to look to. Likely the, the, the new boss saying, Hey, you need to respect me because I'm your boss in my position. Their boss is probably doing the same thing to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and the, um, I was doing a session with one of my clients only last week and I said, if you want us to follow you, get better at leading. Yeah. Because if you don't lead, I can't follow. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, now I, I may ask you this, and you could probably go on for 30 minutes talking about this, but maybe maybe in that specific example, what might be some some ways that you would encourage them? Like when you say get better at leading, what does that mean? So I think I think I think I'm about to hijack this podcast, Sarab. Uh, so we'll we'll try not to have that happen. I'll come on your podcast and talk to you about that more. But, okay. but fun, fundamentally, Hampton, leadership is is about inspiring. Leadership is about encouraging. Leadership is about giving people the the feeling that it's worth having a crack at it. It's about it's about challenging people to go further than just clock on, clock off, and do the minimum. And you you can't you can't actually motivate people. You, it's impossible to motivate people. You can inspire them, and through that inspiration, they then will motivate themselves and be motivated. But you can't you can't force feed motivation into somebody. And so lead, leadership is about. Um, stand back a little bit, give them a bit of guidance, and let them let them learn and grow. Um, it's mm. like that trite old saying: um, um, "Don't don't give a man a fish, you fed him. Give a man a fishing rod and teach him how to use it. Now he can feed himself." And mm. leadership is, leadership is about is about that is about working with your team not berating them and all that sort of stuff. And it's about, it's about encouraging people to, to come to rise up mm. and not being egotistical so that if one of your, one of your subordinates starts to look good, um, you then try to chop them down because it makes you look bad. It doesn't. If you're the leader and they're good, somebody should be acknowledging you are the guy that brought them in. You are the lady that brought them in. Good gracious. So take control back of the podcast. Otherwise, yeah. I could talk on leadership for a long time. No, this is good. I'm fired up. I love it. Come on. <laughs> One of the things that I was thinking about, Hampton, you talked about uh, something called uh, the difference of how we think about ourselves in 20s, 40s, and 60s. And you gave that example of Winston Churchill as well. Um, do you think that having mentors, you know, I've had this discussion with a lot of uh, speakers on the podcast that you can create a difference in yourself in 20s and you can fast track your journey to not wait till your 60s if you have really good mentors in your life. So, for example, I've got a mentor who's sitting right in front of you. Uh, I take his advice on different things of my life. If I get stuck somewhere in my personal life, my professional life, I'll message to George even at 11 p.m. 
during the night and he'll still respond back to my message um so do you think that you should have such mentors in life who can guide you in the right direction if you get lost especially when you're in 20s you don't have much wisdom you don't have much experience of life and there is a high possibility for you to lose track of your journey sometimes yeah i mean you with with certain mentors you can turn this kind of a cheesy saying i feel like you can turn decades into days you know it's like you can you can you can ask those questions and learn things if there's somebody around my age that i um that says they're highly driven motivated ambitious and and i ask them like you know who's a mentor in your life and they can't even name someone that they've met with a few times that that's like a red flag to me i, I almost am i'm wondering are you not seeking extra knowledge? Are you not an aggressive learner? Are you not uh, humble enough to recognize that you don't know what you don't know? I mean, I I am incredibly grateful for the embarrassment of riches uh, of mentors that that I've had in in my life, and um, it's it yeah no I I think that that is it's it's a no brainer to to seek them out and and have them and I mean some of the biggest things that I've learned have come from them. Also having somebody that doesn't have skin in the game in your life, like someone that's not a family. And and I would say my dad is probably like my number one mentor. He always, always has, uh, always has been, but like I also have people at work that are too, but finding a few people that don't, that, that don't really have skin in the game where they're not like a family member or a best friend or a coworker, just someone that genuinely cares about you and wants to help you. And I know the, the question that everyone always asks is, okay, well, how do I find one? Like, I know they don't just fall out of the sky, but if you can find one, um, it goes a long way. Like, for example, I, I had, I've got like two different guys in my life where I, I was trying to make this, this difficult decision. Um, and I don't have to go into all the details right now. And I both ask them the same question. And because they don't have any skin in the game of what I'm talking about, they were both like, oh, you should do this. And they both said the same thing. And it was almost like somebody that doesn't have emotion attached to what was going on, plus decades of wisdom that I don't have. It's just super easy for them to 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 look into my life, see some blind spots that I might have and speak into it. And I'm stupid if I don't listen. Um, and I think it's also related to the fact that a lot of the times people who are young, they don't want to talk to people across different generations just outside their family because probably they don't feel comfortable sometimes talking to strangers. Uh, like one of my friends was asking me, how did you find your mentor? I said, actually, I didn't go out and find my mentor. It just came naturally. We just built a relationship over a period of time. He offered me help and then uh, we started talking. So that's how I found my mentor. He said, how can I find my mentor? I said, just go out on LinkedIn. If you can correlate with someone who is having a journey that you want to embark on the next 20 years, maybe reach out to them, have a chat with them, try to build a relation, see how it goes. Um, yeah. Do you have any comments on that, George? Yeah, look, uh, I was very fortunate. My, my birth father um, did his best, but in my opinion, wasn't the greatest of fathers. Um, and at the age of 12, I met a man who I considered um, he passed away just recently this year, but I considered him uh, my dad in life. And at the age of uh, 19, 19 and a half, I met a fellow who I, who I considered my dad in business. And, and so 
Jeff Penny was my my dad in business stroke mentor for business things. And John Carter was my dad in life and my mentor for life and ethics and morals and all those sorts of things. So I was very fortunate to have those two with me. Um, last year, I took on the role of CEO for a um, charity. And I contacted a friend of mine um, who is only, I think, one or two years older than me. Um, and I reached out to him and I said, I'm, I'm wondering if I could um, uh, ask you to be my mentor in, in this journey that I'm taking in the charity. And he said, he said, he said, I've known you for nearly 15, 20 years. I come to you for advice on business and you, you've run multi-million dollar businesses. You've done this, you've done that. Why would you want, why do you think you need me? I said, because I've never run a charity. I've, I've been involved with charity. I've, I've, I've been on committees and things, but you've, you've been there before me. So for me, never be afraid to find somebody that's, that's walked down the path before you go down there. Hopefully they know where the potholes are. Absolutely. Um, there is one question from my side, I think for both um, George and Hampton. Firstly to Hampton, um, is what really differentiates an excellent leader from a good leader and an average leader? Are there any specific traits that you feel um, you have found in other leaders which can differentiate an excellent leader versus a bad leader? Mm. There's a quote um, that I've heard. I have it on a plaque on my desk, actually. And it says, there is no limit to where a man can go or what he can do if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. And I think some of the most excellent leaders are not worried about getting the credit. Now, if you're a truly excellent leader, at some point, you probably are going to get credit. You probably are going to get some pats on the back. But I think the best leaders are others focused and they make it about other people. And, and like George said earlier, if they don't have people that are smarter than them on their team, then they're doing it wrong. They're probably insecure. They hired the wrong people. You know, it's, it's the, if you're the smartest in the room, everyone says this in like you're in the wrong room. And so I think the character trait that is required to be an excellent leader is humility. And the definition that I like about humility is, um, not thinking less of yourself, you know, it's not the opposite of arrogance. It's just thinking of yourself less, you know? So it's, it's, I'm not thinking of myself all the time. Cause you know, whether you're um, self-consumed and arrogant or self-consumed and insecure, I still think those are equally bad. It's just being self-consumed. You're, you're not humble. And so in order to be an excellent leader, you've got to be others focused I just think that is so important, inwardly sound, others focused, and you're not worried about who gets the credit and you make it all about elevating other people and all about the team. And you're not worried about yourself. I, I don't, I, I think it's hard to be an excellent leader if you don't do that. Now, the last comment I'll add there is I think a lot about being an excellent leader for a, a long period of time. Cause there may be like seasons or moments or jobs or projects that like you crush, but over time, when, when you have been around for decades, you've been working for decades, 
your your real character comes out, I, I believe. And so I think it's over time, you everybody knows if you're gonna be others focused or not. Um so I would I would that that's what I would say. And what about you, George? Um I think the better you are at leading, the less people think you're leading them. Mm. The as as we get better and better at it, people seem to think that they're talking with their leader. They 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 they're hearing their leader speak about something. It's about finding your voice, and. Um, For me, what I teach in leadership is to find your voice and then be prepared to lead. Now, leading is not about being the most popular person in the room. Uh, quite often, you can be the most unpopular person in the room. Um, leading is about getting people to go to where they want to go without pushing them. It's about guiding. It's about it's it's not about taking people on your guided journey. It's about being their guide on their journey. And and so I agree with what Hampton was saying that if you treat all your team as your clients and and you respect your clients and you try to look after your clients the same as you should in sales in any sort of position then I think the leadership comes through. But but you have to be able to you have to be able to be confident and you have to be able to um, uh, understand exactly who you are. And and the importance of that is if you don't know who you are and you don't know who you stand for or what you stand for, how the hell does anybody recognize you? I think one of the things that I was talking to my manager in Australia a few days ago, uh, in just in the last week. So we have got a weekly one-on-one -on -one mentorship session uh, where my manager will guide me on different things, on how I'm, how I'm doing in sales and other things. But he'll never start the conversation with, how are you doing in sales? The first question he'll ask me in the meeting is, how can I help you? And how can I become... How can I make you a better person today? Um, so I think that's, you know, that's a brilliant question to ask. And, and then he will also ask me, how are you feeling today? The second question he'll ask me, how are you feeling today? That's nothing to do with sales. How are you feeling today in general? Are you feeling okay? Um, is there anything that's troubling you uh, that I can help you out with in your life? So that's, I think, uh, just showcases the fact that A manager is concerned about you, they care about you, and they're really concerned about um, everything in your life. So that is something which I feel is very different and unique about a good leader, uh, according to me. Uh, but thank you so much, Hampton. I know this has been a very short podcast, but we have shared some really good insights. Um, any final comments from you? Um, To kind of sum up on what we have discussed today before we wrap up for today's episode um i would just follow up and double down on 
on what I said about humility. And, and I say that as really a challenge for myself, you know, as y'all have probably found when you are doing a podcast, you're, you're putting yourself out there to the public. And so it's almost been a form of accountability for me. It's like, if I'm going to talk about this stuff, I better live it out. I'm not going to be perfect. So I better own up like when I'm, when I do make it about me. Uh, but I, I really firmly believe that leadership is way more about who you are than what you do. Uh, certainly it's important to have skills uh, and, and be able to, to do things and get things done. Uh, but, but again, if, if you don't focus on your character and um, yeah, I mean, people are just going to be able to eventually see through that. So yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me on and um Y'all's accents are just a lot cooler than mine. Uh, so I just appreciate getting to talk to you for a little bit. Well, there was a survey few um, a month ago, and they said uh, the sexiest accents in the world. And I think the Australians topped that. So you're pretty yep. much right in that, I guess, Hampton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Hampton. Really appreciate your time this afternoon, your afternoon, our morning. Uh, we've got a long day to go. And what, Hampton, what, don't 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 disappear when we end the podcast. Okay, okay, I won't. Thanks for doing that. I need to edit ten seconds extra. But thank you so much uh, for taking your time. Um, I'm really thankful for that because uh, we have had uh, two times of uh, making sure that we can have you on this episode. Um, but I think it's been a great, great uh, podcast. Uh, thank you so much. This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.